to closing time. Conversations on commercial real estate, development, brokerage, and the economy. Presented by Capital Rivers, the leading disruptor in commercial real estate. Our host for this episode, Brian Bushlack. Okay, Greg, thanks for joining us. So we've got a grocery outlet here. And on the surface, it wouldn't seem like this is very difficult uh, to develop this. What happened? Yeah, Brian, you wouldn't think that it would be difficult to develop a grocery store in a town like Taft. And uh, for those of you that are listening who aren't familiar with uh, where Taft is, Taft is a small town in the Central Valley of California near near Bakersfield. You know, historically, it's you know uh, known for the oil fields out there, and so there's a lot of um, you know oil field workers out there, and um, they need more amenities. You know, this is a town that uh, wants to grow, needs tax revenue. They've got you know one major grocer in town, which is Albertsons, who is uh, you know kind of uh, been charging a slightly higher prices than an Albertsons uh, in a nearby community of Bakersfield. And so, you know, the community was really looking for an alternative to Albertsons. They wanted another grocery store in town. And, you know, so we thought, okay, great. You know, the city's supportive, the community's supportive. You know, we still have to go through and get our entitlements and construction drawings and all that, but, you know, shouldn't be a problem. And, um, Easier said than done, particularly because uh, we're in California. And so, you know, what happened was here in California, we've got something called CEQA, which is the California Environmental Quality Act. Uh, there's similar environmental laws in other states. Um, California probably has one of the, the strictest. And unfortunately, and this has been happening for years, so this isn't a new thing, particularly in, uh, you know, with grocery stores. But unfortunately, CEQA gets used as kind of a, uh, a tool to try to keep competitors out. So, you know, for example, Walmart is, has been doing this for a long time, Costco and some of the others, you know, whether they're on the receiving side or on the... Um, you know, kind of trying to prevent competitors from coming in, you know, the longer you can tie up a competitor and prevent them from opening, obviously you're going to preserve your own sales because you're not going to have, you know, uh, somebody else come in and, and in theory, you know, take some of the market share. So, so what happens is the way that CEQA is built. So without getting into the technicalities of it, a citizen or a group of citizens can basically appeal the environmental impact that that development project may have. So in our case, you know, we submitted our application to the city for planning approval. The city planners were, you know, on board. They had some questions and, you know, we need to talk about little stuff like, you know, moving an access point. And there was, you know, one resident that, you know, had some concern about where the trucks were coming and going and we were able to re resolve that. And then out of the blue, we get a letter from an attorney out of L.A. saying that uh, that he represents a coalition called Keep Taft Great. Well, Taft is a small town. Everybody knows each other. 
and nobody's ever heard of this coalition. But this letter basically states that they are concerned that this new proposed grocery outlet is going to cause environmental impacts, additional traffic, smog and, you know, pollution, noise pollution. I mean, you name it, it was in there. And the problem is that, you know, even if the planning commission approves it, which in this case, the planning commission did approve, then it gets appealed. So, you know, we got the letter, we addressed a lot of the concerns with our environmental consultant and planning commission denied it because they they wanted additional information on uh, the environmental impacts. So we, we provided that information and then ultimately they approved it. And, and then this attorney filed an appeal. So he appealed the planning commission's approval and which means we go to city council. And so the day before the city council hearing, the attorney, you know, submitted some traffic study, which was a bunch of BS. Yeah, it turned out we actually did some research and the, the company that put the traffic study together was in the middle of a lawsuit because they had been putting together, uh, at the time the lawsuit was, was still happening. So it was speculative, but the, the speculation was, uh, or the, the, the plaintiff was claiming that this uh, consultant was kind of fraudulently putting these traffic studies together to support these appeals. We're now stuck in this situation where our project was appealed. It's going to city council. We've got a threat, you know, from this unknown coalition. And uh, we want to get the project approved. The city wants the project approved, but the city doesn't want the liability if they approve the project and then get sued because this attorney claims that they didn't fall through with their duties to ensure that the project didn't impact the environment, right? So we had a couple of options. One is we indemnify the city and advise the city to approve the project at city council. The problem with that is that the way that the CEQA is written is that in order for an attorney or somebody to sue an applicant, i.e. us and the city, because they're, they're going to be part of that, they have to exhaust all of their administrative remedies. So that means that it has to go through city council and it has to get approved at city council. Then they've exhausted all their remedies and now they can sue. Well, if they sue, now, now you're tied up in a lawsuit for who knows how long and spending all kinds of money. And what makes it even worse is if you lose that lawsuit or even a portion of the lawsuit, so it's not found to be 100% in your favor, you are responsible for the plaintiff's attorney's costs. So they sue you and the city, you lose, right? So the judge, or, or it doesn't even have to be a, a full-on loss, but the judge says, you know what? I think that, you know, you need to do another traffic study and, you know, I you need to do these mitigation measures, blah, blah, blah. Now you owe attorney fees for the guy that just sued you. And you know, obviously, uh, I'm not an attorney, so speak with an attorney. This is not legal advice. Uh, there's my disclosure there, but um, <laughs> uh, it's just backwards, right? So we didn't want to be in a situation where now we're tied up in a lawsuit and we're having to pay the attorney's bills if we lose. It's a really poorly written law. The, ho the whole point of it is to, in theory, protect the environment. In reality, it's used as a tool to prevent competition in a lot of cases. So what happened from there? I mean, you get you're at this point 
I mean, you've got decisions to make, right? Yeah. So I took an unconventional approach. Um, and for those of you that know me, you know that I often take unconventional approaches and, and, uh, you know, that's, that's kind of how we built the foundation here at Capital Rivers. And so, you know, the, the typical, I would say the typical developer or person in, in our position, you know, would go hire a land use consultant and then, you know, prepare some more studies, submit it to city council, give an indemnity to the city, the city council would approve it. And then you would wait to see if you get sued. And then if you get sued, then you would, you know, respond to that claim and go through the judicial process. Well, I didn't want to do that because <laughs> I, I want to build a store and I've got a lot of money invested in this and it's my money. And I know that this whole thing is bogus. So I took a little bit of a, a different approach, which I'm not recommending everybody take, but it worked. So I did some research and started with Google and found other development projects that this attorney had appealed. And I reached out to those developers and I started sharing information. I said, hey, can you send me your appeal letter? You know, hey, was there a coalition? You know, and just started sharing information with fellow developers. And what the, conc the conclusion that I came to was this attorney his tactic was exactly the same in all of these other scenarios. And then I started to map out physically on a map, like, okay, are, are these all just grocery outlets that this guy is challenging? Yep. Is it other grocery stores? And what I found out is that 90% of them were grocery outlets. And then what I also found out that was quite ironic was that there just happened to be an Albertson's own store in close proximity to all of these projects. Now, again, in full disclosure, I'm not accusing Albertson's of, of doing anything. This is all, all hearsay. So yep. I'm just sharing that what I learned. It, so it's not factual. So <laughs> don't rely on this. Uh, there's my other disclosure. Um, it's discovery, though. But, I mean, it, it is factual what you found. I mean, it's truthful. Correct. Yes. It, it's truthful that the projects that were being appealed by this same attorney who had various coalitions like Keep Taft Great or Keep Orcut Great and like they, they came up with these these creative names. So <laughs> what I, I found was particularly interesting is that in a town called Orcut on, on the Central Coast, you know, somebody was developing a grocery store. Now, at this point, this one was a little unique because they hadn't identified who their grocer was going to be. So it wasn't grocery outlet, but there was an Albertsons right down the street. And on this one, they had gone through city council and the attorney had sued, right? So there was an actual lawsuit. So because of an actual lawsuit, somebody has to file the paperwork with the courts and sign off that you know, they're the ones that are, are actually suing this developer, right? So there's a name attached to it. So somebody has to sign it. So I, I saw the document. I saw who the, the name of that person was. And uh, I thought, you know what? I'm going to call that Albertsons. I'm going to ask for the person and see if they work at Albertsons. Just, I don't know. Maybe I'll get lucky, right? So I called and I asked for this person. And sure enough, the person that signed the document worked in the flower department at the nearby Albertsons. You're kidding me. <laughs> she answered the phone. And so I said, 
you know, hi, so-and-so, um, you know, I, I, uh, I'm, I, you know, interested in this project. I understand that, you know, you're not wanting to see it move forward. How do I join your coalition and fight this project? And what was funny is she said, well, you know, I'm not really sure what's going on. Uh, my union came to me and asked me to sign this document. I mean, yeah, I live in the area, but, you know, I, I'm not really the one who's kind of heading this up. And I said, well, but you're the one who signed the uh, document. Yeah, but that's just what my union told me to do. And I said, well, who can I talk to? And she gave me the attorney's name, who is the same attorney that's been suing on all these other projects. And so I put two and two together. And, and what I discovered was that the unions were behind it. Well, this became even more apparent because one of the people that came to appeal our project at the city council, he said that he was with this coalition, right? Or that he was like loosely associated with it. Well, he, he shared his name because it's public record. So I looked up his name. He didn't even live in Taft. He lived in Bakersfield. And ironically, because of social media, which is such a great tool, if you plug in his name, you could see that he worked at the local UFCW union. <laughs> so, Goodness. so the guy that was loosely associated with this unknown coalition who happened to know the attorney because they were talking beforehand, who said that he was loosely associated and didn't want to see the project move forward also happens to work for the same union that this other lady works for in another project in Orcutt. You know, so you start to put the pieces together, right? Yeah. And you go, we didn't have the smoking gun, but it's like, well, I mean, if it quacks like a duck and it looks like a duck, it's probably a duck. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so long story short, I took a, a chance and I said, you know what? I think this is not a legitimate claim. This is a an effort to stop a competitor from coming to town. Frivolous. Exactly. The problem is because, like I said earlier, the way that the sequel law is, is written, you can hide, you can create these coalitions and you don't have to say who's in the coalition because there's fear of, you know, retaliation and things like that. So you can, you can hide behind this veil, right? These attorneys can hide behind this veil. And you can't really figure out who's behind it unless you do the type of research that I did. And then you still have to be able to prove it. I took a more aggressive approach. I said, I recommend to the city to not approve the project. So I told the city council, I said, you know what? Unless this attorney pulls his appeal, I don't think you should approve it. Don't approve it. Just don't do it. And I said, well, that's kind of weird. Why would you want us to do that? And I said, just just trust me on this. So I uh, leading up to the city council hearing, I uh, put an ad in the local paper that said, uh, you know, unfortunately, there's this coalition uh, that does not want a grocery store, a new, another grocery store, grocery outlet in your town. And uh, if you're upset about that, you should call this attorney. And I had his name and his phone number. <laughs> And then I also had like several hundred flyers printed and I put them all downtown and walked around to the businesses and also stood in front of the Albertsons and handed them out. And it said, you know, <laughs> attend the city council hearing if you want to see a grocery store, if you want to understand why this attorney or this group is is does not want a grocery store, you should call him. Um, and here's his number. And I made it very convenient for people. 
I also talked to um, Fox News out of Bakersfield. And so I had a reporter come and she had her camera and, you know, put the, the attorney showed up at the city council hearing. And, you know, there's this uh, TV camera in their face and uh, asking, you know, <laughs> questions. And, you know, I posted on social media what was going on and, you know, my findings and uh you know just exposed it right yeah. like let everyone know right because my, my thought was my advantage or my was was to if i can make him really uncomfortable that i'm going to expose what he's doing you know that he's potentially going to be uh liable for the fraudulent activities and it's going to prevent him from being successful in all these other places that he'll back off and he'll leave me alone so we, we go to city council and uh i actually asked him i got up on the podium and i said okay, you know, Mr. Attorney, are you going to pull your appeal? And he didn't say anything. You know, he said, oh, I got to talk to my uh, my uh, coalition. I said, well, are any of them here? <laughs> oh, well, they didn't want to show up because they're concerned about retaliation, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and, uh, and I said, okay, well, I recommend that the city council deny the project. So they denied the project. And so now grocery outlet project is dead, right? So here's the creative part of all of this. We took all of the attorney's arguments. So he'd been submitting documents, right? And these bogus, uh, you know, environmental reports or whatnot. And um, so we, uh, we su submitted all of that and sent it over to our environmental consultant and said, hey, prepare an environmental report that is very thorough that addresses all of these things. So they did. It was like 70 grand. <laughs> I mean, wow. for in just like this long, thick, you know, document that, you know, would put you to sleep if you tried to get through even five pages of it. And um, so we resubmitted our application to the city. We said, look, we believe that we're CEQA exempt, so we don't need to do an environmental impact report or anything like that. And here's the reason why. And we gave this like just massive binder of studies and then asked the, the city to file the notice of exemption, which they did. And then we went to planning commission and we didn't get appealed. It just flew through, got approved, never heard from the attorney. Now, my theory is he left us alone because we reset the records. So all the stuff that he had submitted previously had we gotten approved at city council and he sued us, would be admissible in court. It, it would have been part of the evidence. Well, we reset that and started fresh. And so we now have this massive environmental document that addresses all of his concerns. And so if he really wanted to continue to go after us, he's going to have to hire some real consultants. They're going to have to start spending some real money and they're going to have to spend a lot of time to fight us. You know, and so they do, you know, my understanding is they're probably doing, a, or my guess is they're doing like a cost benefit analysis. Like, what, you know, how much is it going to cost us to fight? And, you know, what, what revenue are we going to, you know, you know, either lose or, or keep as a result? And, um, you know, so we built this really solid case out of the gate when we resubmitted. And we submitted requesting a uh, CEQA exemption because that makes it even more difficult for somebody to challenge. Because if we submitted what's called a, a, a mitigated neg deck, there's mitigation measures like store hours, you know, are limited to X, Y, and Z because of noise, or you're only going to do deliveries during these certain times or whatever. 
Well, and that that gives more reason or more opportunity for you know an attorney to pick that apart and go, well, we don't think that eight o'clock is the right time for deliveries. We think it should be nine, and you just give them this back and forth, and it drags on. Yeah. Um, yeah, so we ended up being successful, but we took a very unconventional approach. And I honestly don't know any other developers that have taken a similar approach, but, uh, you know, that's kind of what we do here. So, <laughs> well, it's yeah. pretty ballsy, right? Yeah, you could say that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, there were some points where I was very nervous and um, the city, they actually record the city council and planning hearings and, um, I'll have to share it with you at some point because it's hilarious. Um, and if somebody wants to find it, they can surely email me and I'll send them the, the video. But uh, the presentation that I did was uh, was kind of funny, actually. What I found really interesting, and this is, this is timely, is uh, a competing developer actually called me last week and said, hey, Grocery Outlet told us how you were successful in beating this attorney. Well, we had the same attorney file an appeal on our project. Can you kind of share with us how you got through it? Because we're not really sure what to do. And um, so, you know, kind of words getting out, I guess, that that our unconventional approach, you know, worked. But um, I think there may be a consulting fee there for you. (laughs) <laughs> exactly. Uh, probably about a seventy thousand dollar consulting fee. <laughs> Obviously, I you know I shared with them all of my findings and you know, but the, the bottom line is that I find it absolutely disgusting that somebody or some company would take a law like CEQA, which is meant in theory to protect the environment, and use it for preventing competition or antitrust. It's really an antitrust violation. And for somebody to hide behind a law in order to prevent commerce and prevent towns, small towns in particular, like Taft, from having a, you know, a business that's going to generate tax revenue that's going to bring jobs to the community that the you know something that the community really wants i think is is absolutely disgusting i mean it's it's worse than in my opinion you know an ambulance chaser attorney because at least you know what they're doing you know you know what their goal is right and you know who they are yeah. they're not lying i mean maybe they are but but you know there's a you you know what the deal is these yep. people they're crooks and the law needs to change. And it's something that, that I'm very passionate about. You know, CEQA needs to change for, for the benefit of the environmentalists, but also for the benefit of the community. It's a broken law, but, um, you know, I could talk about that forever. Yeah. I mean, you've got jobs at stake. You've got people spending more money than they should. A lot of things in play. Oh, absolutely. And it's, you know, it's a trickle down effect, right? So, you know, just because of this this whole process, you know, it costs us an extra probably hundred thousand dollars, which is, you know, a drop in the hat compared to what it would be if we actually got into a lawsuit. And it delayed the project, you know, several months. We went at risk and did construction drawings while we were going through all this, which was a hundred percent at our risk, right? If this didn't work out, we would have totally ate that cost. You know, okay, so developer, whatever, you know, we're spending money, that's your problem, right? But the bigger issue is, you know, people could have had jobs sooner. 
we, they would have had a grocery store that was uh, able to provide goods and, and services during COVID, right? <laughs> they had one grocery store who was price gouging and charging higher prices than, you know, the same store in another town because they knew they could. And they could have had a store that was able to help supplement by providing much needed food products and things like that to the community. But they didn't because, you know, uh, somebody decided to make it challenging and abuse CEQA. And so, you know, it just goes much, much deeper than that. So, Greg, are you aware, were there prior developers who had their deals canceled or denied similar to this? Are you aware of any that tried to put in another grocery store prior to this and had this happen and it didn't go forward? Yeah. Yeah. There's a handful. Okay. You know, some of them got tied up for six, eight months or whatever, and they ultimately got through it. Some of them just died. They were successful and the developers just, they couldn't fight it anymore and they gave up and walked away. You know, the reason they keep doing this is because they, they're successful at it. Yeah. So. Wow. What a story. Well, thanks for sharing that with us. And I guess now you're the consultant for other developers on similar issues, right? I suppose, yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, happy to help, right? I mean, if I can help, uh, you know, uh, another developer, you know, navigate this challenge, I think it's good for all of us. It's good for the community. We need to protect our environment. But when it's abused like this, it's not okay. And so, you know, I'm happy to help, you know, any developers that are running into these challenges kind of navigate through it if I can. You know, I'm, I'm not an expert by any means, but, you know, we're pretty scrappy and uh, we get pretty darn creative. And uh, I mean, that that's why we've survived developing in California <laughs> so far and starting starting with, you know, literally nothing and building it into a company now that has been successful for the past, you know, seven going on eight years. So, Well, congrats on getting that deal done and we appreciate you taking time to share it with us. Yeah, absolutely. It's, uh, I love talking about it. So, Thank you for downloading Closing Time, presented by Capital Rivers Commercial. If you're interested in partnering with us, visit CapitalRivers.com to learn more. And follow us on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram for the latest updates and real estate opportunities.